Welcome to Cross Politic. Good evening on the Fight Laugh Feast Network. Pastor Toby Chalk Knox on the Water Boy. It's very good to be with you. Uh, we got some uh, secret footage of our Assistant Health Secretary, uh, Rachel Levine, coming up. But first, you need to subscribe to our Fight Laugh Feast magazine. Our Fight Laugh Feast magazine is a quarterly issue that packs a punch mm. like a 21-year Balvini, no ice. We don't water down our scotch. Why would we water down our theology? Order a yearly subscription for yourself. Then send a couple yearly subscriptions to your friends yeah. who've been drinking lukewarm evangelical uh, Kool-Aid. ERLC. Uh, every quarter, <laughs> we promise quality food for your soul, wine for your heart. And some Red Bull for turning over tables. And we need lots of tables overturned. Our magazine includes cultural commentary, a psalm of the quarter, recipes for feasting, laughter sprinkled throughout the glossy pages, and more. Sign up today at fightlaughfeast.com. Uh, before our, our next segment is, uh, we're actually interviewing uh, Naomi Wolf. Yes, Naomi I'm Wolf is a classical liberal uh, uh. who kind of who kind of woke up during COVID. And uh, so stick around. Make sure you guys kind of stick around for that. Um, but as we're bringing up the videos that I'm going to run for you right now, <laughs> uh, you know, technology, you know how it goes. Um, like I said, this 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 footage is so secret, it's messing up our technology. But this is actually um, uh, Rachel Levine, kind of, kind of historical footage with Rachel Levine. Let's check it out. Now, there are all sorts of different families, Katie. Some families have one mommy, some families have one daddy or, or two families. And some children live with their uncle or aunt, some live with their grandparents, or some children live with foster parents. But if there's love, dear, those are the ties that bind. That's all you need. That was just, uh, that's Rachel Levine? It, well, huh. I, I got a little confused. That's actually Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh, uh, I, I can see. I can see. Do you see the connection there? I, I can totally see the connection there. Wow. Because she was um, actually recently. Uh, actually, this, was it yesterday? Did you say she? Did you say she? You better stop that. Sorry. Stop. I'm sorry. That. Knox, you got, you got Knox like, had to smack me you got, already boy! once today. You got a beep already once today. What the? Um, yeah, so she was. Do, you want to go to war? So been she been to war? So he was actually uh, recently talking about um. Puberty blockers and, and this was not of, yesterday, but yes. Okay, recently. Is, yeah. Is that a college talking about puberty blockers? Okay. So the you. protocol was developed in the Netherlands has two phases. The first phase in, at the young adolescent age protocol. is to give what are called a pubertal blocker. To give a medicine to block the progression of puberty. So you don't go through the wrong puberty. And then to continue some counseling. And then somewhere between 14 and 16 years of age to start slowly cross-gender hormones. Under 18, and they're not an emancipated minor, meaning if they're under 18 and they are on the street or they're completely emancipated from their parents, then you can do treatment. I can reassure you that Governor Wolf and our administration are very completely supportive for LGBT individuals and, and programs and transgender individuals. That way, for a transgender woman, male to female, they don't, their voice doesn't drop, they don't have hair, they don't have to have electrolysis. For a transgender man, they don't what? have breast development that will need surgery, they don't have periods, etc. So you block puberty, and then you can, um, with the appropriate time, send them through the puberty consistent with their gender identity. Does that make sense? No. 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 It does. Stop. Now, now, you remember, puberty blockers, Stop it. they keep using the term puberty blockers, but what it is is a drug that if you're using it for trans 
transgender transitioning. Yeah. That's an off-label use for it. It's never been verified right. and never been scientifically FDA approven. Right. For, and the reason why this is important to bring up is because of all the COVID vaccine, all the off-label uses of ivermectin. Yeah. They tried to shut down ivermectin because, oh, that's an off-label use. Yeah. Or COVID um, right. pretreatment, horse, horse medicine, but, horse medicine. But stuff like that. That's this is not the worst part of it. No, it's no not. that's right. Yeah. That's exactly the right. wrong puberty. This is like here's the thing. What they're talking about is like making squares round. That's yeah. impossible. Making circles square. That's right. Like they're like making dry water. Th- yeah, like this. This is full of incoherence, irrationality. It doesn't make sense. It's impossible. That's the thing. This is the other thing. They're talking like they can control this. Right? Yeah. They right. can't. They are not God. Yeah. yeah. God creates male and female. God creates human beings in his own image. They come in two kinds, male and female. Mm-hmm. And, and the two do not mix, mm-hmm. do not blend, are not confused, and you cannot morph them that's one right. from the other. This is utterly impossible. This, this is, and that's what, and, and every time they talk this way, they are insulting. What God has made, right. they're, they're insulting right. the the one whose image we bear, well, and they're insulting they're insulting every real woman, every real man. Yeah. They don't even have to talk; just the appearance itself. Oh, yeah, and the, the dude, <laughs> the, dude I mean, the dude in the dress. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's the thing. It's like Mrs. Doubtfire was a joke. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it was. Yeah, it was. It, it, you know. Whatever. It, I think, you know, it's, it wasn't it's the hard best to, joke. It's no, hard, it was a joke. It's no, hard it, it, to know if we were getting jammed back know, then or not. I know. I know. Because they use the right uh, things as a guy trying to get to his family. But then the ending was, hey, there's all different kinds of families. Which was yeah. a setup. Which, yeah, which Trump, is a setup. It's yeah. like, but they're not. Right. Because <laughs> that's what we got from Jordan Peterson. That's exactly. That's Jordan right. Peterson's talking to that's Dave right. Rubin and yeah. saying, hey, there's different kinds of families. We yeah. can have an ideal family yeah. that's heterosexual and intact, but yeah. nobody meets the ideal. Yeah. So Everybody, you know. You would think that someone who doesn't know what the natural order of things are, particularly as it relates to a person's development of being more human. You would think that you wouldn't want them around your kids, but that's not what happened. The Society of Pediatric Psychology Annual Conference invited him to speak. The dude in the dress. My message today is that it is important, of course, to also remember your own physical and mental health. (laughs) Realize when you might need a break and when you're giving too much of yourself. Mm. You know that you can only help others if you are healthy, too. So... How oh. much? How much help do you expect to get from him? Right. If, right. if 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 you can only help yourself, you're healthy too. I love. I don't yeah. know how they get away with right. being able to say no. the something thing. that's so honest. It's actually actually what <laughs> he really said here was point. super honest. Right. But okay. So when you when you're in an airplane, if you aren't spiritually healthy. Well, I mean, if you the first thing they teach you in an airplane, if we are in a a, yeah. a, a wreck please, or something happens, secure your secure oxygen your mask own oxygen mask <laughs> before helping others. <laughs> because if you don't secure yours, you can't help anybody else because you might right. pass out and you won't even get there. Right. right? That's right. If that's the case, then what is this? Yeah. Right. That's right. What is this? Do you right. expect to allow this person to have any sort of common sense as it relates to the nature of things no, to be no. able to help you medically? No. Did and this you, is who we have leading yeah. the way. And then you invite this person to yeah. speak right. to the people who will be taking care of your children. A bunch no. of kid, ch- children doctors. This is, you know, this, but here, did you see that they finally have changed the definitions of both Webster uh, and the dictionaries? Webster was one of them into yep. what, what is a woman, right? They, they changed that definition. And I think it, Rachel actually goes on to talk about um, love. Really? No one should be discriminated against when seeking medical services or behavioral health services. 
because of who they are or who they love. And no one is. Oh, uh, they use this a lot. This is an absolute lie. Yeah. Okay, so if you, it's called um, Emergency Medical Treatment and Labor Act. EMTALA is the best way to remember it. EMTALA. And this happened back in 1986. Congress enacted the Emergency Medical Treatment and Labor Act to ensure public access to emergency services, regardless of the ability to pay. Section 1867 of the Social Security Act imposes specific obligations on Medicare participating hospitals that offer emergency service to provide a medical screening examination when a request is made for examination or treatment for an emergency medical condition. It goes on to say that if the hospital there cannot help you, they are responsible then to make sure that you can get to a hospital so that, that you can, can get help. Yeah. help. That's right. No one is turned away be if they have an emergency medical situation, yeah. regardless of their sex, their race, yeah. or the problem, to seek real help. That's right. When people are making the argument, oh, they won't be able to get medical care, right. that yeah. is not true. There isn't a hospital that That's says, right. oh, you're black. We're yeah. done with you. They're, oh, you're yeah. gay. You, you're Look, black and you got cancer. Sorry. And, and you know what? It's because of the Christian worldview that doesn't do that. Right. Mm -hmm. Just because you are in a lifestyle of sin and neglect against the God of the Bible doesn't yeah, mean right. that we won't medically seek to help you. That is if you wrong. Got a broken arm. Right. We're going to take care of you. But we're not yeah. going to. We're not going to help you mutilate yourself. That's right. We're not Th going to help exactly. you kill Violate yourself. Violate the Hippocratic we're, Oath. Yeah, yeah, we're not going to right. help you harm yourself that's because right. we actually. Love you, yeah, and, and, yeah and, we, right. and we love the image of the. Of, we love the God whose image you're made in. That's, that's right. right. Oh, there's so much said about that. All right, Naomi Wolf is up next. We're gonna talk to her. She got woken up. Is that this message? Was she woken I, up I, a little bit. I, I, we're gonna Maybe. find out. We're, we're gonna find out. More cross politic up next. Hi, I'm Robert Borton, CEO of Classical Conversations, the world's largest classical Christian homeschooling community. I'm launching a new podcast, Refining Rhetoric. If you like cross-politics or just listen to hear what crazy stuff they're saying today, you will enjoy refining rhetoric. You can find us on your favorite podcast platform. I practice the 15 tools of learning by interviewing great guests, looking at current events, and talking about cryptocurrency. This is where Dave and I plan this year's company holidays. Let's go through the list. Easter, too religious. St. Patrick's Day? Too white. Mother's Day? way too cisgendered. All of your usual holidays have been canceled this year. But we still have Karl Marx's birthday. <laughs> Need a real reason to party? Find a new job at redballoon.work. Welcome back to Cross Politic on the Fight Laugh Feast Network. This segment's brought to you by the Armored Republic. The mission of Armored Republic is to honor Christ. The by, body of others, you know? By, like, yeah, oh, yeah. I see what you're doing yeah, there. Yeah, there you go. By equipping free men with tools of liberty necessary to preserve God-given rights. In the Armored Republic, there's no king but Christ. That's right. They're free craftsmen. Body armor is a tool of liberty. They create tools of liberty. Free men must remain ever vigilant against tyranny wherever it appears. Mm. God has given us the tools of liberty needed to defend those rights he bestowed to us. Armored Republic is honored to offer you those tools, so visit them at AR, the number 500 armor.com. We're very grateful to have with us on the show today, Miss Naomi Wolf. She's best-selling author, columnist, and professor. She's a graduate of Yale University. Received a doctorate what? from Oxford. Watch out, Gabe. She's wow. smart. She is co she still got that doctorate? They let her keep it after this book? <laughs> we'll find out. She is co-founder and CEO of dailyclout.io, okay. successful civic tech company 
And today, she's here to talk with us about her book, The Bodies of Others. Naomi, thanks for coming on Cross Politic. Thanks so much for having me. So tell us, when did you break free from the COVID narrative? Gosh, I don't think I ever uh, was persuaded by the COVID narrative. And, uh, you know, the reason, well, like everyone else, I should say, you know, March, April, May of 2020, I was willing to think something unprecedented is here. It's a medical emergency. Um, I better just do what I'm being told by the authorities. Uh, You know, I confess like, you know, like everyone else, I assumed that um, there was uh, merit in the guidance that we were getting. But very quickly I started to ask questions, notably when probably May to June in New York State of 2020, it became clear that we were under uh, emergency law and the uh, then Governor uh, Cuomo was not going to let us out of emergency Mm. law. And I wrote a book um, in 2008 during the Bush II era called The End of America, in which I pointed out that there are 10 steps to, to fascism that would be dictators always take, whether they're on the left or on the right, and that step 10 is emergency law. So I knew from history wow. that it's never you never get your rights back once hmm. you're at the stage of emergency law without a civil war or something else really awful. Um, and the other thing that gave me pause really early on is that I'm an English major and, you know, I have a doctorate. And so that means I read a lot of books going back the last three or 400 years yep. in, in English uh, when there were waves of infectious diseases. You know, this is not a new thing in human history. And whether it was typhus and cholera in the 1830s or 1840s, whether it was yellow fever in Philadelphia in the 1780s, um, whether it was the Great War and the uh, Spanish uh, flu epidemic, um, you know, we've been through, or, you know, HIV, which I'm old enough to remember, right. the, you know, terrible waves of HIV in the, in the 80s. Um, we've been through horrible waves of much more serious infectious diseases than than even COVID. And I knew that the guidance that we were being given, which really was invented by Xi Jinping in March of 2020 of lockdowns and distancing and masking, mm. human beings had never done that before. Mm. So, um, and they'd survive, you know, the civilization had survived, like never before, right. no matter how bad the uh the epidemic had whole economies been shut down never before outside North Korea or like the Warsaw ghetto in the West, you know, were healthy populations restricted in their assembly, mm-hmm. um, you know, unless they were being targeted with uh, theft of their assets, like Jim Crow laws or mm-hmm. like, um, yep. you know, reservations where uh, Native Americans were herded, you know, and, and their assembly and trade were restricted. So from studying history and from studying literature, I knew that, everything we were being told was super anomalous. It was the opposite of public health guidance of the past. And also that history showed that when you restrict people's assembly, that's the first step towards stealing all their stuff. But but Naomi, um, you know, people in the past are more ignorant than we are. And so standing six feet apart is going to work. It's just (laughs) right. 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 Clearly. Yeah. (laughs) So how do we, um, how do we avoid, you know, um, a lot of people, I think, now look back and say, ah, we, we made a lot of mistakes in 2020. We kind of have this hindsight vision where we're like, okay, we understand that we kind of got duped a little bit or we shouldn't have followed the government or the science, you know, Fauci was wrong, whatever. 
we have this 2020 hindsight now. How do we maybe not have that? How, how do we actually look at what's going on and say, this is crazy right here and now and how we're trying to deal with COVID? The government's actually being tyrannical now. How do we have like current clarity in our vision instead of having to look back and say, okay, maybe we can correct this and never happen again? Yeah, well, I mean, how? Like, it, you know, by doing it, right? I mean, look, look at what's happened to us. We haven't gotten anything back. Um, you know, we're allowed a little bit of uh, seeing each other's faces. We're allowed a little bit of our kids get to go to school. But we're not free. You know, in 28 states, they still have emergency law. I'm sitting here in New York State. Wow. We're under emergency law to this day. Wow. People don't know that Biden, President Biden, for whom I'm embarrassed to say I voted, he extended emergency powers for the eighth time in April of 2022. Yeah. Yeah. But this time he extended emergency powers in an open-ended way with no terminus date. That is the definition of a coup. So, mm. you know, people to this day are, are, you know, parents are emailing me saying, I'm so scared my, you know, adult child is going to go back to college or go back to uh, state schools or pub- private schools um, in the fall and be forced to take a booster just to stay in school. You know, people to this day, I, I am in touch with firefighters who are not allowed to get their jobs back because they don't want to take a, a hideously damaging, um, super untested, totally ineffective mRNA injection. So we're in the middle of it still. Nothing, ha- nothing is behind us. Um, and I think that it's very important for us to not habituate, right? Because yeah. if we habituate, then we will never get our, our freedoms back or our country back. We have to mass non-comply. You, you just need, need to move to Idaho. But but actually, but no, because our governor like only barely just lifted. He ended it, though. Our, he ended it, our, finally. Yeah, he finally just lifted our emergency And he's order. a Republican. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. He, he lifted it in, uh, I think it was April 2020 is actually when he. Because, uh, no, 2022. Yeah, 2022, because primaries were happening in May, a month later. <laughs> so it was a game. I mean, as a former political consultant, that really worries me because that means that he lifted it before the primaries mm-hmm. or, you know, they're, everyone's easing up before the midterms. The minute yep. the new faces are in, it's, right. you know, yep. locked down again. And, um, that's not freedom. Now, yeah. In your, in your book, you say that the real goal of all this is to destroy Western and human culture. And that sounds like a conspiracy theory. Like, I mean, I mean, is it really that bad? Like, I mean, I mean, I know all of us have now become sort of, if we're a denier in any way, shape or form, we're conspiracy theorists, but I mean, but is it that bad? Um, Well, let's look at religion. Um, You know, I, I, I'm a member of a 4,000 year old religious tradition. I'm Jewish. And literally every synagogue in New York State in this area, except for the ultra-Orthodox, to this day are not convening in person, Mm. like to this day, Mm. which means, I mean, kids are having bar mitzvahs and bat mitzvahs on Zoom, right? I mean, I, you know, I have elderly relatives who haven't been to synagogue in person in over two and a half years. Um, Across the river, so I'm not vaccinated for reasons that are really nobody's business but my own, but I'm not ashamed of it. I but, feel but please tell great. us, please tell us. <laughs> We're safe. No, I'm, no, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to, but I'll, I'll, circle, I'll circle back to that. But my, my point is um, this great tradition, which uh, 
you know, invented monotheism, you know, and held my people together in century after century of persecution. Um, and, and, you know, uh, we survived a Holocaust. We're not surviving. You know, I'm not allowed to walk into the synagogue across the river because I'm unvaccinated. Mm. Um, I wasn't allowed to go with my mom and my brother in Corvallis, Oregon to Friday night services because I'm not vaccinated. Uh, the only people they allow into the synagogue are triple double vaxxed and boosted and they're wearing um face masks you have so leprosy <laughs> you have leprosy so, but, <laughs> right but i mean it's very very tragic because it means that this great religion which brought so much to the people of the of the world um is not going to survive another five or ten years um up the road catholics my my husband's catholic uh, the Catholic, I, and when, when I couldn't worship in person in my synagogue, I was like, I don't care. I'll talk to God anywhere. I don't care. You know, I'll go to the Catholic church. Fine. You know, they wouldn't, they, they were seating unvaccinated people separately from vaccinated people and not letting them give the kiss of peace. So, you know, Jesus is like, I can't, I don't need to tell you this. You're the Jesus guy or guys, but you know, <laughs> Jesus is radical, radical innovation was creating religion in which everyone was welcome mm -hmm. and everyone was treated equally and and everyone was not discriminated against you know slave and free men and women um you know people of all backgrounds well that's over you know up the road at the catholic church so this is two and a half years later you know everywhere i go historic uh landmarks are still closed hyde park you know still you have to you have to reserve to go inside. A fraction of the number of people can go. Um, you know, Claremont, where uh, someone signed the Declaration, one of the signatories of the Declaration of Independence had his home. That's closed. All you know, Olana, which Hudson River School, closed. So our whole you know these great religions and our history are still closed. If, Everywhere around me, you know, main streets are not back to normal. These businesses are gone. They haven't reopened. You know, those family businesses are wiped out. Small landlords <sighs> wiped out. Massive transfer of wealth. Man. That's not over. So, you know, to me, they've been very successful in uh, dissolving human community. Yeah. Um, offices, you know, I yeah. I don't know when. You know, they, they say they're about 40% of office space is now reoccupied. Uh, before 2020, people would commute. Cities had millions of people going in. They supported secondary businesses, lunch counters, you know, uh, uh, cleaners and so on. All of that is over. You know, we're all atomized if we're affluent, you know, going to Zoom meetings in our home. That is super weird. Human beings have never done that before, but it means that we are much easier to pick off one by one. We don't uh, have cultural capital anymore. We don't meet new people. We don't, um, we don't innovate with uh, new connections. Um, and that's a massive draining of wealth uh, from us um, because human beings are wealth, basically, to other human I, beings. I remember, that's you remember true. the video footage in New York? Where the cops were going into the Jewish uh, uh, the Jews house, yeah. oh, the, the Jewish house. neighborhood. Did, you remember? You remember yeah. that? That was like counting so the people that were in there. Yeah. and so crazy. And and the cops were coming into the house, and I, I loved how the the Jewish guy like just ripped into the cops. Get and out started, of my house! Get out of my house! <laughs> yeah. It was it was incredible. The bodies of other by Naomi Wolf. Naomi, would you be so kind as to stick around for another ten minutes? Can we talk to you a little more on the backstage? Because I have I have a couple questions here. One of them, I, well, I'll save some of these. I really, I'll give you a heads up though, so I'll let you think about this a little bit. 
What's the new Western culture going to be if they're trying to demolish this one? What is the new Western culture? What will it look like? And how do how do we exist in that in the future? I want you to think about that. Sure. If you are not a Fight Laugh Feast Club member, you're going to miss an awesome 10 minutes. And you might want to sign up right now, download the app, and come join us in the backstage. So if you're single, get married. If you're married, have you some kids. And if you have kids, go baptize them That's until right. tomorrow. A beer and song Wednesday. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight, laugh, and feast. This is Cross Politic. Home. It's where you build your legacy, where traditions are started, seeds are planted, meals are shared, and stories are told. We are Chris Natalie Carpenter, owners of Story Real Estate, and our team of top agents helps people find homes in Moscow, Idaho, and around the country. Have you thought about a move? Contact us to get connected with a top agent who shares your values and puts your family first. Or reach out to us about our Moscow Relocation Guide. Wherever you're looking to go, we can help you find home. Call us at Story Real Estate or visit us at storyrealestate.com and start building your legacy. The season of Augustine and the season of Cassiodorus were very different moments in a crucial transformation that occurred in the history of the Western liberal arts. All right, so just stay like this. How, how am I doing here? So, yeah, you don't like you don't like this, huh? What does a Christian education look like when non-Christians are the ones who control the institutions of learning? This is a question that confronted Bishop Augustine of Hippo in North Africa in the 5th century AD. Augustine lived at the twilight of the Roman Empire. He himself had been trained with the best learning that Rome at that time had to offer. He himself actually came through the ranks and taught rhetoric in some of the best schools. And it was then, after he had come of age, that he converted to Christianity, but he wanted to continue the project of education, but this time for Christians. And so he had to confront the question, what does a Christian education look like when the unbelievers control the field, when they control the institutions, when the whole ap apparatus and curriculum of learning emerge from a pagan environment. And so Augustine wondered, what is it that Christians should jettison? What is it that Christians can embrace? What is it that Christians can adopt, but in modified form? These are the questions that Augustine confronted when he sought to educate Christians in an environment when unbelievers dominated the field. A century later, we see a man in the south of Italy named Cassiodorus who faced a very different educational landscape. He had to ask what did a Christian education look like in an environment where unbelievers had abandoned the project of education altogether. The ins infrastructure of learning had entirely eroded. If education was to proceed at all, it had to proceed on the foundation of Christianity. The Christians had to be the ones preserving education. What does a Christian education look like when Christians are the ones forming the institutions, when Christians are the ones organizing the curriculum? Well, these two seasons in the history of education, the season of Augustine and the season of Cassiodorus, just 100 years apart, were very different moments in a crucial transformation that occurred in the history of the Western liberal arts. 
We're going to be studying this story. We're going to be going back to the sources. We're going to go back to Augustine. We're going to go back to Cassiodorus. We're going to ask ourselves which of their predicaments most resembles our own. Which can we learn from Augustine's period? What can we learn from Cassiodorus's period? As we confront these questions, we're going to engage these sources, and we invite you to join us here at New St. Andrews College.